Know what that is? Presidential flashcards? A bonus. You know why? I have no idea. To entice you back. The word is out on you, O'Neill. Hey, that's on matters. Hey, this is Marty McFly, and you're listening to Hydrate Level 4 Presents Podstalgic, a film podcast on core temp arts. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Are you telling me you built a time machine out of a podcast? Welcome to another episode of Paul Nostalgic. I'm your host, Peter. This is a podcast where we take a nostalgic look and rediscover movies new and old. For this episode, we are doing a an older movie. And joining me on this review is Jaslyn from the High Expectations Podcast. How are you doing, Jaslyn? I'm really good, thank you. Nice to be here. Yeah, well, I'm happy uh, for you to be here. First, uh, New, new Zealander. Is that the right term? <laughs> yeah, New Zealander or Kiwi. Yeah, a kiwi. Now, I I've always thought that like kiwi was not derogative, but that's okay to say. It's okay to say. It's what we call ourselves. Okay, so there's because I thought that there was maybe something that was offensive. So kiwi is okay. All right, kiwi is okay. All right. Okay. Cool. So um, now this is a movie you chose, but before we get into the actual movie review and things of that nature, uh, can you tell the listeners about your show and what you guys do over there? Sure. So the show is High Expectations, and I do it with my best friend, Alan. And we talk about relationships and pop culture, sex and dating, music, film, psychological ideas. And we just kind of go with what we want to talk about that day. Yeah. um, Let me see. One of the recent ones that stick out to me was... um... Dictation? What? What is it? The the title of that? Great Dictations. Yeah, that one. Yeah, that was a fun one. It was all about the psychology of dick pics and what makes a good dick pic and how many dicks we could see on Chat Roulette. Yeah, that's interesting. I've never heard of that. So that's a website. This Chat Roulette. It's a website where you get matched with random video chat people, and there's a lot of dicks. Yeah, clearly. Yeah, because you guys do do that. I thought um, <laughs> that was a lot of fun to listen to anyway, since it was kind of live uh, in a sense. Um, so your show is not safe for work because of the language. and so, so Usually I guess, not, yeah. Headphones yeah. are recommended. Yeah, so I, I enjoy hearing it because it's uh, completely unfiltered and uh, it's not something you hear too often from women. So I do enjoy it. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah. Um so the movie, that thing you do, this is uh, one you chose. Yes. Um, it came out October of 1996. Uh, that same weekend, some of the other movies that came out, um, let's see, D- uh, D3, The Mighty Ducks, which is a movie I did cover. Um, listen to that if you want to hear my thoughts on... Actually, I think in that particular episode, I even rank the three Mighty Ducks movie, uh, but also The Glimmer Man which I think had Keenan Waynes and also Bound. If I'm not mistaken, that's got um, Gina Gershon and Jennifer Tilly. Any of those ring a bell to you at all? I don't think I've seen D3, but I've seen maybe D2. D2, that's when they go on the, like, the Goodwill uh, tournament or something. Rather, When I was a kid, I thought it was like the Olympics, but it wasn't. You know, um, watching it as an adult, you're like, oh, okay, so it's kind of like the Olympics, but not quite. Because I think in that one, don't they play against Sweden or something? So 
you were kind of under the assumption that it's yeah. like a world thing. Yeah. Um, but D3 What's is actually D- pretty good. It, they, D- it, like, they're in high school now. Uh, it's like a private school. Oh, maybe. School. Yeah. I remember that the first movie was called Champions. Was it called Champions in the U.S. or just here? No, just Mighty Ducks. So that's probably oh. a New Zealand thing. Interesting. The yeah. first Mighty Ducks was called Champions. Yes. Well, that makes sense with the Queen song. So maybe they try to tie it into yeah. that. But um, I always thought D3 was interesting as a kid because it was really like junior varsity versus varsity. And they're all in the part of the same school. So it's a bit of a civil war. But um, I thought everything about that movie was uh, better as far as writing, acting. Um, so I think it's highly underrated as a sequel. I definitely encourage listeners to check that out or at least check out the review. Um, the number one song at the time of the movie's release, The Macarena by Los Del Rio. Wow. Is that uh, a song you remember? It's a song I remember coming out, but I don't you never remember did the dance. being like one of my hits, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was it was um, kind of crazy looking at the, uh, the Billboard's uh, website. It was number one for like three and a half months. So it wow. ruled the summer, yeah, uh, well into early fall. So that thing you do, um, this movie is a it's a musical comedy written directed by Tom Hanks. Uh, do you have a particular history with this, um, and why did you choose the movie? I chose it because it's my favorite movie, and it was on my mind because I've been talking about it a lot with Justine from the Cutaways podcast. Shout outs. Yeah, shout out. We make a lot of references to it. I'm quite famous amongst my friends for liking movies that nothing too bad ever really happens, but they're really brightly lit and nicely bright colors, and they kind of have a feel-good vibe, and this Mm -hmm. movie has all of that, and so I just love it, and this music is great. It really is. Um, the movie is very much like Tom Hanks itself. You know, not a whole lot of bad things happen. You know, uh, that's right. It's yeah. It's just it's it makes you feel good. Uh, it's got a lot of good parts to it. So, uh, it it came out in '96. So this does follow uh, Forrest Gump, uh, Apollo 13, and I think having worked with uh, Ron Howard and uh, Robert Zemeckis, I think. I think he, Tom Hanks did it. I think he did a great job in making this really feel like 1964, you know, which is when this movie is supposed to take place. Uh, I haven't seen it in quite a few years. I did watch it, I think, when it came to home release uh, here in the States. And it's just something I've never owned, which, I mean, I, I would buy it if, you know, for the right price. Actually, I, I would like to own the Blu-ray. But this movie, if it came on TV, I'd watch you know bits and pieces of it. But it is one that I enjoyed yeah. earlier when I was a teen. But one of the things I like about this is it's kind of like the first Back to the Future movie. Uh, it takes place in a different time, so it's it's almost timeless, right? So you don't say like, "Oh, that right. movie came out in the mid '90s." So uh, I really do enjoy it. Um, the the song you you mentioned the song. Uh, Tom Hanks put something out where he's like, "Hey, you know, write a song. We'll uh, feature it in the movie." It, it did reach number forty one, I think, here um, in the U.S. The Billboard. Cool. So, yeah, yeah, not too <laughs> it bad. It should be higher. It's a great song. 
It is a great song. You know, I was watching it uh, just last night. I, I messaged you that I was just starting to watch it. But anytime that song played, I love, first off, I love the, the percussion in the song. You know, just that、um, Guy Patterson, when he just, doom, 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 you know, that, that gets、yeah. me every time. Every <laughs> time.、Um, let's,、uh, let's go over some of the cast here. I already mentioned、uh, Tom Hanks kind of run and direct this movie.、Uh, Tom Everett Scott plays Guy Patterson. He is the drummer.、Uh, Jonathan Shake, Shack, I. I I'm totally butchering、mm-hmm. that name. He plays Jimmy, who is the talent and the lead singer.、Um, Tom Hanks plays Mr. White.、Uh, he is a record producer from Playtone. He is also modeled after,、um, I forget the character's name, but it's like something Epstein,、uh, who actually found the Beatles. So more on that later.、Uh, Steve Zahn plays Lenny. He is the, oh, what is he? He's, He's one of the, the guitarists. Like a rhythm guitarist. Okay, all right. You, you probably know better than I.、Uh, <laughs> Ethan Embry plays、uh, the bass player, TB player. So they don't even give him a real name, which is、uh, really funny because he <laughs> has a pretty big role in this movie.、Um, Liv Tyler plays Faye, who is Jimmy's love interest. Charlize、yes. Theron as Tina, who is、um, Guy's girlfriend, which I forgot she was even in this movie.、Um, and let's throw in. I think that's good enough for now. You know,、yeah. I think we'll just kind of reference everyone else.、Um, so, just a little refresher for those that、uh, haven't seen it in a while. It's really kind of、uh, the rise and fall of a one hit wonder band、uh, in the summer of 1964. So, let's start off、uh, with talking about the band itself, you know, which Giovanni Ribisi is the original. Drummer for this band, the, the Wonders, which actually in the beginning of the movie, they've yet to come up with the name.、Um, did you catch any of the names that、uh, Jimmy was kind of working with early on? Like Herdsman, I think was the one. Herdsman and the Chord Vets. He really likes puns, doesn't he? He's really、yeah. trying to work it in, like Herdsman and spell it like herd, as in you hear something. Yeah. And the Chord Vets.、Oh, right. Chord Vets. Play on Chord Vets.、Um, I know Lily liked the band you're about to listen to or something. The, <laughs> the band you're about to hear. They're not very good, are they? These names. No.、Um, I think the Herdsman would be a good name only if you're not using the pun. I think the pun kind of ruins it. It does.、Uh, I, I think that's just way too much. So I mentioned Giovanni Ribisi is the drummer.、Uh, early on, we get this、uh, really funny scene with. Uh, Jimmy and is it Jimmy and Lenny? I think they're, they're still going over names, right?、Uh, Jimmy is super serious about this. He's really trying to work in those、mm-hmm. puns. And in the background, it's hilarious. You got the bass player and Giovanni Ribisi. They're jumping over like parking meters for whatever reason. Yeah. And then Giovanni like breaks his arm or something, and now they have to find a replacement. That's right. And Guy's just waiting, you know? What a great choice. He really is. Yeah, Guy is waiting. He works at a,、uh, he works at Patterson's, right? It's a family owned,、uh, some sort of a home appliance store, all、yeah. types of things,、uh, where their arch nemesis is tel- Telemart, Telemarket or something, or Telemart. Yes, I think so. I, I forget, <laughs> something like that. It's, it's kind of a, a fun thing here where they got this rival、uh, company that everyone seems to go to, including the guys from The Wonders.、Uh, they, they often、uh, reference the other place too.、Mm-hmm. But 
it's Lenny's idea, actually. He tells Jimmy, hey, we should go talk to this guy, Guy, <laughs> over <laughs> at Patterson's. Uh, did they ever drop, um, like, the reasoning for why Lenny calls Guy Skitch, right? Isn't that the name that he also yeah. calls him? I didn't pick up on why either. It may be in, like, in a deleted scene, maybe. You know what? Uh, speaking of deleted scenes, have you seen the director's cut? I have seen most of it, but not the whole thing. Okay. And I need to sit down and watch the full version again. Yeah, I am interested to check out some of those deleted scenes or extended scenes. Um, I've read what some of them are. Um, I don't. I'm sure they don't address the the sketch thing, but uh, they call them shades at one point. Uh, Tom Hanks's character does uh, sketch is what Lenny calls him, and then everyone else calls him Guy. So he's got all different types mm-hmm. of names. It's it's really really weird. Um, what do you think about uh, the O'Neaters? That the spelling, how they try to spell it with with the O N E first. If I saw that name, I would say O'Neaters as well, and I you know. I get what they were trying to do, but it just doesn't work. Kind of like Herdsman. Um, at uh, I think like one of their early performances, Lenny he even says like Onetters. <laughs> kind of <laughs> kind of plays along with it too. I really like Lenny because he's kind of the goofball. Uh, yeah, this I love him. Zan character. Um, so they do decide the wonders, and it was during. Uh, it, it it wasn't quite in an audition scene but it was the scene where they tried to get guy up to speed on the music and um it's kind of funny too because it's after a guy says that yes he he will step in just for one performance and then it cuts to them playing that thing you do and it might have been the first time we heard it and it's a ballad right jimmy wrote it as a ballad yeah and they're playing it really slow and the look on guy's face he is not there for it at all (laughs) Yeah, my mother really loves the slow version, and she really? was an, and she was annoyed that they sped it up. <laughs> but she is wrong. The fast version is so much better. Is she kind of from that era? I, I'd imagine she was a lot younger, maybe um, during this time. Oh, sixty-four. She would have been, yeah, about maybe nine or ten. So, okay, so she probably remembers some of the music. I, I don't think we got enough of the ballad for me to really have an opinion because uh, I, I feel like I've heard the what we know as to be the original so often that it, it was it sounded a little sluggish for me, you know, and I think sure. because of Guy's face, uh, mm-hmm. I was also kind of like, all right, let's let's kind of speed it up. But they don't do that until a little bit later. But I do like how um, Guy he asks Lenny like just just the one one performance, right? He's like, yeah. He goes. All right, wonderful. And then Liv Tyler's character, Faye, she has that look of, you know, she's got that epiphany. Oh, the yeah. wonders. So I do like mm-hmm. that. And obviously it's a play kind of on how the Beatles spelt B-E-A-T-L-E-S. And if it wasn't for this movie, I never would have picked that up. <laughs> I'm not very bright, Jasmine. I don't know if you know this about me. <laughs> yeah, it, I guess when I was growing up, I knew about the Beatles but I didn't really know what to how to spell the insect version, so it didn't really occur to me. But eventually, I yeah. picked up on it. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. It just it just never occurred to me because I you know I probably don't write or have to spell out Beatles very often. I did grow up listening to the Beatles. Um, 
I wasn't allowed to watch MTV, so I had to listen to mm-hmm. everything my dad listened to while he was growing up, the uh, Beatles, uh, Elvis Presley, uh, very much of the music from this era here. So um, maybe another reason I really did enjoy the music from this movie. But uh, it wasn't until they made you know the comparison to the Beatles, that's when when I first saw it, I was like, wow, it just never occurred to me <laughs> uh, that it was spelled incorrectly uh, the entire time. So very clever. But yeah, Oneaters, I don't know. Maybe mm-hmm. if they spelled, if they capitalized the D, maybe it would look a little bit different. I don't know. Yeah, it would work better. Yeah, but I did find out that around this time in, in the early 60s, there were two other bands also called The Wonders. So Yeah, it never seemed like the most original name to me. No, but it, it works. I do like it. Uh, but I do like the joke. They keep bringing that up. The Oneaters. <laughs> so um, let's talk about that very first performance then. Now, I did find out, and I haven't seen it yet. I did find out that there was um, that the scene where they, when Guy first plays with the Wonders and you know they're playing it out of ballad, apparently that was kind of trimmed down a bit because from what I've read... In the extended version, it's a little bit more deliberate that Guy does not like that uh, that thing you do is play it as a ballad. He thinks that it should be a lot faster because I think when they do perform, it seems a little impulsive that Guy wants to speed up the tempo right away because they don't yeah. really give a reasoning for that. I know that the director's cut is a lot more Guy-centric, so that's probably there. I'll have to rewatch it. Yeah, I mean, maybe maybe they trimmed down the scene. Obviously, I would have to see it, uh, but maybe they trimmed it down because they thought that it was a little boring because it doesn't really reference, I mean, like later on in the movie, they don't even call back to anything, you know, but, uh, you know, after the performance, I think Guy is riding with Tina, his girlfriend, and he was just telling her, you know, I, I don't know, I just kind of just kind of just did it, right? And it wasn't really given an explanation, and I I wish that they could have kind of set that up a little bit better. Um, yeah, I I do like the tempo, but I I I couldn't use a little bit of an explanation as to. I mean, we kind of get it. I mean, he likes it faster, but I think it's one of those things that uh, you know Tom Hanks like wrote and directed this, so people kind of give him pass on certain things. Mm-hmm. It's not a big deal though. Yeah, I do remember that the director's cut does drag a lot in the start of the film so I, I think trimming it up was a great call oh okay so you, um, you recall that most of the trimming and deleted stuff were early on in the movie From what I've seen yeah there's a lot of scenes yeah. about Guy and his girlfriend speaking of I wanted to ask mm. you what do you think about that relationship well it's obviously edited to make us really not like Tina and mm-hmm. I think that's fair. She doesn't really care about his music. And one, one thing I, I wrote down a few notes while I was watching it, and there's a scene where they were waiting for the band to come on and play that first gig. And I said, band, girlfriend, chilling, lots of waiting around in my experience. And that's true. I've been waiting around a lot of gigs. <laughs> yeah. Do you think um, her part's necessary, though? I think it is because... Okay. It helps set up your you wanting um, Faye to be into him and for him to be into mm-hmm. her because she obviously loves the band and really respects Guy, whereas Tina doesn't. And to want that, you have to accept that Faye 
and Jimmy are bad together or she, she kind of wants to cheat on Jimmy or something. Mm-hmm. So it helps to get Faye on our side. Yeah, I mean, I guess you're right. I just, I don't know. I, I think just because we got so little bit of her, um, you know, you did mention that the the director scene is a little bit more kind of guy-centric and maybe there was a lot more of a focus between him and Tina. Maybe maybe I would have been more okay with that. But I just thought that we got so little and I, I felt slightly cheated that when she goes to see the dentist, she immediately falls in love and then like... We get one more scene of her, and that's pretty much it. Um, you know, maybe it could have been something where, where like later on in the movie, he, you know, the the wonders they kind of blow up. Uh, I mean, in the good way, not like break mm-hmm. up, but they, you know, become the sensation. And then Tina's kind of like, oh, what did I do? Mm-hmm. You know, to kind of play yeah. up on that a little bit. You know, it may be something like that. I do remember more dental stuff in the director's cut, so. Gosh, I really want to see that director's cut now. <laughs> yeah. Well, when you have a spare two and a half hours, you know, you can watch it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wish that maybe there's somewhere I can just watch just the deleted scenes. Yeah. Uh, let's go to, let me see. They There's this scene where um, there's this man who invites them over to uh, his restaurant, and he wants to pay them to play there. So this is, I think, the their second performance. And after this night of success, that's when they decide to cut a record. Um, so they meet this guy uh, named Phil. Phil goes to the Pattersons. Guy is working, and they've already been kind of selling records at this time. And he wants to kind of take the the band under uh, under his wings and help you know promote them locally and kind of get their name out. So we get like a bit of a montage here. And then we get like that really big scene where Liv Tyler, she's putting stamps on some mail to mail out. And then uh, she hears their song playing on the radio. Yeah. Did, did that scene still work for you at all? Because it gave me the chills. Yeah. Like, in I a love good that way. scene. Yeah. It's a really good scene. Everybody's going wild. And you really get the sense that either everyone was just conveniently nearby or their town is really small, that they were all able to drive straight to the Pattersons to meet up. But I really do like that scene. And the song's only like, what, two and a half minutes long, so they had to get there really quick. You're right. Yeah, yeah. It's like less than three minutes, you know, and maybe on the radio they even shorten it. Uh, But songs back then, they were uh, pretty darn short too. So... All right, so not too long after, Phil introduces Guy to Mr. White, who is played by Tom Hanks. Uh, he works for Playtone, and he is going to help them go national, right? National airplay and um, make their song even a bigger hit. So uh, what did you think about Tom Hanks' character in this movie? I think he's instantly likable. You really want to trust him and... He looks at you with like such kind of kind eyes. You kind of want to hug him. <laughs> That's just Tom Hanks. Yeah. <laughs> um, I do agree with you. I I think he's very likable and very charming. Uh, after or before every performance, he always comments like, "Did I ever tell you you look good in red or yeah. gold or whatever they're wearing at the time?" So I do like that shtick. Now, there's a line, I'm jumping ahead here, but there's a line a little bit later on. I want to get your take on this, but he, um, 
the bass player, right? The one that's not given a name, Ethan mm-hmm. Embry. He mentions that he has to leave uh, in August because he had enlisted into the Marines. And Tom Hanks, Mr. White, he's like, oh, so, but we have you until the end of August, right? So mm-hmm. knowing what we know and how the movie ends... Do you think that line was kind of telling at all about his character? Do you think he was just like, all right, let me have somebody kind of uh, on the sidelines here, you know, the Wolfman, because when the bass player disappears, we can get somebody in his placement? Or do you think that he, he's like, all right, this t- this this band is going to get very far and we'll have at least maybe till August before anything happens? He's probably been in the music business long enough to spot a one-hit wonder band. Mm-hmm. And he could tell straight away that Guy was the real worthwhile band member. He says later on that Jimmy's the talent, but and Guy's the smart one. Right. But I think Guy's both. Well, he's the one who has the ear for the music too, right? He We find out that his character is really into jazz and... Um, you know, it was his idea to speed up the song and, you know, make it more, more fun. Uh, Timmy, Timmy, Jimmy, he just wrote the song. Um, I mean, he does go on to do pretty well himself after the movie, Mm -hmm. but I do agree with you that, um, he's probably been in the business long enough and Jimmy, like throughout the movie, you get the sense that he is really about his music. He's not there to have fun. Because he barely has any fun. He's always serious. That's right. right. Like, he's sassy, sassy Jimmy or something. <laughs> <laughs> um, but what do you think about him and Faye? Well, I don't really ship them. I think that she is much better off with Guy. Sure. But I think they were together for like two or three years. Right. So I'll approve of their relationship and that it inspired him to write some really good songs. But you can tell like even the opening couple of scenes of the film when they first are in the same diner as Guy, Faye gives them these really glad eyes and you can tell like straight away like Faye likes Guy. But she's yeah, with there's Jimmy. something about him. Right. And I wish that maybe I mean maybe it is in those opening scenes and, and I didn't quite get it, but perhaps that we can I don't know, maybe I could have used a little bit more of something where we get the sense that um, Faye is his muse, and that's why she's been around as long as she has, because he doesn't seem to be very interested in her at all. You know, his, right. his music definitely comes first. So I could have used a little bit more of that. Maybe is something deleted or uh, something I just completely missed. But, yeah, I do like the scenes uh, with her and Guy, you know, they're very subtle. Uh, apparently, there's more scenes of her and Guy, too. But it's like, well, we already saw something like that. We don't need to keep beating the audience over the head with it. But, uh, like, specifically, there's one scene where they performed in front of this, um, this, I don't know if it was a stadium, but it was, like, somewhere outdoors, right? And they were mm-hmm. all running over to their limo. And this is also where, like, uh, Mr. White's like, hey... um, Guy, put on your shades. They, they want the shades. Yeah. Right? So they put on the shades. They run. And because Faye is a woman, like the security thought that she's just another female fan and she gets left behind. The only one notices Guy. Yeah. And yeah, apparently there's many other scenes that are kind of like that, I guess, that were deleted. But we we do see that a lot throughout the, the movie as well, where um, 
like on the plane. Guy yeah. walks by, and Faye is like、uh, sick, and nobody else is there to console her. But he comes by, is like, "Hey, lay down." Yeah, that's so、know. sweet. Even when he tells, even when he tells Jimmy that Faye's sick, Jimmy doesn't care at all. Doesn't check on her. No, he just wants to find out when he's going to record next. Yeah, that's it. He wants to get in the studio, work on that next track, and see. So the the question I was asking earlier about like Mr. White does does he have an idea? What what's his game plan here or or his end game? Because there's all these things that they the 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 wonders he wants them to do, and like the last priority is cut another record, right? So it's like,、hmm. well, why cut another record? Because you guys probably aren't going <laughs> to last very long anyway. So I don't know. Kind of, kind of interesting there, though. Yeah, the big priority is the Spanish version of that thing you do. Yeah, I would like to hear. I, I would like to yeah, hear that. Yeah,、good. exactly. <laughs> there's, there's got to be. You know what? There's a YouTuber out there that's already done it. So we'll, we'll just look for it.、Mm, I hope so. Um, let's talk about Lenny a little bit. We haven't talked too much about Lenny. Uh, he's a bit big goofball. He's um pretty funny. Like they go on. There's this montage where they're all kind of promoting their single, and they go on this radio show, and you see Mr. White holding up the record, and he's pointing at it like you guys need to be talking about this, <laughs> but everyone else is just talking about different things. Guys talking about like uh musicians that he enjoyed listening to. I, I forgot what the hell、uh, Lenny was even talking about, but um it's all funny stuff. Yeah, he's got so many like great lines all throughout the movie. I really like. I think it was on the radio. Yeah, he once he says that I've been interviewed at a state fair when they start to get really big, and he says, "I'm not worth these fellas. I've got a pagan competition over the pavilion, and I'm going to win that blue ribbon." <laughs> and just his the way he says it, it's just so funny. He's pretty good. I mean, Steve Zahn goes on to to do a lot of comedies too.、Um, So I I think he was、uh, perfectly casted in here. He's got a great smile, so he's charming, but just not very, not I don't know, not very good with the ladies, no, right? He、uh, always strikes out. One example,、out. he always does. Like,、um, what is that galaxy, the tour galaxy thing that, for Playtone that they do? Galaxy of the Stars. Galaxy of the Stars. So this is like a、uh, in-house record label tour that they go on, right,、mm. with Mr. White. And there's a scene where they're all kind of like on break or maybe doing sound、uh, sound checks and、uh, what have you. And this woman walks by, and I, I'm pretty sure it was Lenny. He's like, "Hey, you're my first like boy girl thing that I, you know, like I'm butchering the line,、mm-hmm. but it's something that you don't really tell a woman, you know, <laughs> I, I guess.、Um, but that that kind of like gives you, I don't know. Do you think that would flatter you? I mean, I know it came out wrong. But you can tell he's like nervous, right? Like he just can't really quite put put the words in correctly. I don't know. I mean, do you think you'd be turned off by something like that if somebody was saying like, "Hey, you're my first like crush," or "I have a picture of you on my wall," or? It would be. I mean, it would be flattering. I think what really made it not work is that he kind of implied that she was so much older than he is, and she didn't like that. <laughs> But she kind of comes around to him later on. A little bit. I mean, I think more so with Jimmy. But yeah. Oh, Jimmy,、um, right? Yeah, yeah. Lily never gets yeah. anything. <laughs> no, not with her anyway. Diane Dane, I think her name、yeah. was.、Um, I did once 
run into a import model, right? The the models that do car shows. I ran into one at a, at a club one night, and it was actually my cousin who pointed her out. And I kind of had a very similar situation like Lenny did, where I wasn't quite saying the right things. I was more so like just kind of uh, starstruck, you know. I was I was young. I was like I don't know, eighteen, nineteen, maybe. But I went up to her and I asked, you know, hey, are you such and such? Mm-hmm. And she said yes. And I'm like, oh my god, I have I have a picture of you on my wall. And I'm like, why did I say that? <laughs> <laughs> but I think she found it kind of flattering, you know, that I was just, um, you know, that. I don't know. I don't want to compare myself to Lenny because I, I think he kind of should have put his foot in his mouth or whatever that expression is. <laughs> I think for me, I think I just flattered her because like I have a picture of her on my wall. Mm. You know, I I think I don't know, but it it. I mean, I got her number, so. Um, well done. <laughs> yes, thank you. But Lenny, but Lenny, he does uh, hit on a receptionist over at the I don't know the headquarters for the record label, and so he ultimately hooks up with her. Um, for a short time, I mean, she's a former playmate, so he did okay there. Yeah, good on him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, really. Uh, what do you think about the bass player enlisting into the Marines? I felt that was a little, I mean, I don't want to say that it was random, because it's not people enlist all the time. I enlisted in the military mm-hmm. uh, my senior year, right? So I was 17 at the time when I did so. So, but... Just I I don't feel there was any kind of setup for his character for it to make sense, so it does come off a little bit random. Yeah, I th- I remember seeing a scene where he does go to enlist, so maybe that's in the extended vision. Yeah, yeah, he kind of comes out like wearing the the blouse yeah. already. I'm like, well, I don't think they just hand you the blouse like once no. you enlist. I feel like they have to <laughs> send you away first, but it's fine. But it makes sense that in a way that like he is. He's kind of a, a weedy guy. Maybe he wants to be more popular with the ladies and get some better stra- training or something. And it was I the think time he does of, get some in a deleted scene. Yeah, and I... <laughs> okay, I'm a little bit rusty on my 1960s wars, but I feel okay. like it was a reasonably safe time to enlist. Maybe Korea uh, hadn't happened yet. Or Vietnam. Vietnam, right? Yeah, Vietnam was in the 60s. Yeah, yeah. when did that start? Uh, I don't know when it started, but I feel around, I mean, around this time, it was still going on, 64-ish. Uh, I could pull it up real quick, but I feel 64 was maybe towards the end. Okay. Okay, it was actually, okay, so the so I'm completely wrong. Um, clearly, the Vietnam War is not something that they really uh, teach in, uh, you know, in high school in the States, uh, you know, because we lost the war. But it did take place between 1955 and 1975. So they were like in the middle okay. of the war. So wow. uh, I know very little about it. Um, I do know that you know my my father he left Laos, which is where my family's from, uh, like during the war, so escape communism and all that. So, um, yeah, I no. don't know too much about it, just from some of the movies I've seen. But I mean, this is around the time. But I feel maybe it could have been. I mean, because it was during a montage too, where he does go and enlist. He does come off as somebody as a as an easy target. You know, for things. I mean, like the one scene where he goes up to the Marines that are like about to have brunch, and he's like, "Hey, uh, I just enlisted, and I can do 200 push-ups." And they're like, "All right, go ahead." Uh, so, like, maybe it could be something where he's just like walking down the street one day, and a recruiter grabs him. It's like, "Hey, come on in, real quick." And then he walks out. Yeah. You know, 
like having just signed up. So I, I'd believe that more, and I think that'd be a little bit more funny. Yeah, he does seem very suggestible. Yeah, just a little mm-hmm. bit because yeah, again, slightly random that he just walks into a recruiting office and comes out enlisted. Yeah, but also I wonder what happens with his girlfriend because he's with he he dates one of the women from the Chancellors. That's right. Yes. Um. And I guess there's the deleted scene where Jimmy kind of walks in on him, like, you know, in bed with the young mm. woman and uh, kind of is impressed by by this, that he was able to hook up with someone, I guess. Yeah, so, she was very beautiful. She was. I And I like that song that they performed, too. It was a good song. Yeah. So I think something that really places this film in an era is that the band gets recruited to be in a, motion, a major motion picture called I think Holiday oh, yeah. at Party Pier a weekend at, weekend at uh-huh. Party Pier and they play a band called uh, Cap and Geach and the Shrimp Shack Shooters and the bass player loves it because he gets to wear like, a military uniform basically they're, they're all dressed yeah. as Navy I think they human. all kind of do but Jimmy yeah Jimmy hates yeah. it because it's not serious enough and he wants to be in the studio but everyone else is having and a great they're not time even really playing. Yeah, and it's such a cheesy film looks like it it really does. Um, I did no. I'll I'll bring that up later. But uh, this scene it kind of reminded me of an episode of Full House. Is that a show you watched at all? Yeah, I've seen it. It's when uh, Joey uh, gets to have a small role in like the Annette and Frankie television show. Do you kind of recall? It was like no, it was sorry. also on the beach. Okay. Oh, okay. So it was also on the beach. It was a beach thing. And I think he played like a like a surfing mailman. So he spoke <laughs> like a surfer dude. And then um, the show actually cancels, but then they renew it as an animation. So he gets to voice like a kangaroo or something like that. So I don't know. That's what the scene kind of reminded me of, um, which is kind of interesting that you, uh, you bring the scene up because I felt like this I feel like this entire set it must have cost a lot of money just to do the extras, uh, yeah. the film equipment. Just you know, because I don't think it really even furthers the story a little bit. It's just more for Jimmy to be like, I want to be in the recording studio. Yeah, I guess so. But I mean, that kind of stuff happened to bands in that era, right? Oh, so. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Beatles were in a lot of movies, except for the it was their movies. Yeah. So I I guess I can kind of see like- Jimmy's. Elvis movies and things, so. Yeah, Elvis had movies as well. So maybe they should have had starring roles. I mean, they still only had one song at this point that was, like, just climbing. So yeah, that is a I little bit it. odd then. Jimmy seems a little bit more entitled, doesn't he? He expects a little bit more just because their music, or their one hit, is uh, climbing the, the, the charts here. Yeah, it's, you kind of want to like Jimmy, but he's just such a jerk. He is. Um, Jimmy, do you think he's handsome? I think he's got a nice smile, but I think yeah, it's a, I mean, you know, his personality. I wouldn't swipe right on him, but no, but he's a he's a nice guy. Who would guy. you swipe right on? Oh, definitely guy and Mister White. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> what about Lenny? Lenny, no, not, not even by looks. I mean, because because you know Lenny's kind of a goof, but not even by looks. No, not but even the by bass looks. player, yes. Yeah, bass player, he's kind of a handsome. He kind of reminds me of uh, Sheldon from The Big Bang Theory a little bit. You oh, know, yeah, both, so much. Both kind of a, you know, that dorky look. I mean, that sounds terrible of me to say, <laughs> but they, they kind of, they look like they can play brothers on a TV show. Oh, yeah, they could. They got the same hair. 
Yeah, they, yeah, they're both kind of balding and all that. I think they're both about the same age too, because uh, oh gosh, who? What's Sheldon's real name? It's like is it Jim something? Jim Parsons? Uh, Jim Parsons? I, yeah, I th- Parsons. He's I think he's like forty or something like that. He's a lot older Probably. than I thought he was. Yeah, <laughs> all those guys. Um, we haven't talked too much about Faye, so let's go back to Faye. She's been tagging okay. along uh, on a lot of this. What do you think about that scene when Mr. White sits down with her and it's like, hey, so how long have you been with Jimmy? And what's Guy's deal? You know, does he have a girl back there? And what do you think about mm. Guy? What do you think about that scene there? I think that Mr. White was also playing matchmaker. Okay. Because Mr. White and the concierge of the hotel they stay in, Lamar. Right. <laughs> he was like shipping Faye and Guy so hard. So I think Mr. White knew that the band was probably going to break up and just trying to get a feel for whether Guy and Faye could get together. Yeah. Yeah, you're probably right about that. Um, I mean, because she, she even tells him, oh, well, Guy's got this girl, but she cheated on him with the dentist. Um, I don't know. And maybe that's another thing we could have seen was Mr. White actually seeing like some of the things that guy is doing for Faye, you know, that, well, but I guess to be fair, Jimmy is like on in his ears, like, Hey, when are we going to record? So he knows that Jimmy's always next to him pretty much, I guess. And you know, he should be with Faye, but I did find it interesting that he sends Faye away to uh, Mr. White. That is to kind of get dolled up, you know, for this, uh, this performance, um, that they have to do, and this big f- performance. This is the one that kind of um, mirrors like the the Beatles on the Ed Sullivan Show, right? Yes. Yeah, the the famous uh, you know shot where they show John Lennon, Careful Girls. He's married, kind of like how they do with Jimmy. <laughs> I mm-hmm. I do love Jimmy's face when he sees like the caption under his own profile. It's, it's just says, like Careful Ladies, he's engaged. Yeah. That seems like a real thing that would happen as well. But that's, yeah, he really reacted so badly to that. I did note down that it was Guy that asked if, was wanted to make sure that Faye wasn't going to miss the performance. Right. Because Jimmy didn't care if she was there at all. <laughs> of course he's, yeah, Jimmy's such a douche. Um, but you're right, That that's a very uh, sweet gesture, uh, you know, that Guy is, you know, because she's been there, the entire time, right? Tina hasn't been there for Guy. Faye has been there for the band this entire time. She's there in the stands singing along. She's on the side, um, very supportive. And so uh, I, I do appreciate that. So that's just one of those moments like, okay, yeah, you know, you want to root for them uh, ultimately. Mm. Um, the one thing I could have used, and I feel like I might have read this, I'm not sure, uh, I could have used a, a bigger confrontation between Jimmy and Guy because that was, I feel, severely lacking. You know, kind of like... Yeah, it's true. You know, yeah, we need a, like, like a big blow up because I felt when he walks off, it wasn't quite earned, you know, when he quits the band. So I felt that maybe we had a scene where... I mean, I don't know, because Jimmy, he doesn't care, right? He's like, I should have dumped you at Pittsburgh, you know? And this is before they were really going on to do things. It it really was. Oh, boy. And then when he looks over at Guy and Guy has the shades on, he's like, take all those stupid glasses. And then Guy's look of, like, utterly disgust and, you know, he's pissed. So I do like that. 
Maybe they could have an exchange there. Like, you know, go after her. I know you like her anyway. You know, something like that. Maybe a little scuffle or mm-hmm. something. And, you know, these guys are way too nice. They, they are Tom Hanksing this in this movie. They're <laughs> all really nice. Yeah. I guess, though, that Jimmy didn't really have a big beef with Guy. He was just taking out some of his stress on Guy when really Jimmy was mad at Mr. White's. Yeah, that's that, that's a good point. He he does call Mr. White a liar uh, a couple times, and you know, but Guy did. I mean, I don't know. We don't hear this from Jimmy, but maybe there is no beef with Guy. You know, first off, he was mad at Guy early on for changing up the tempo, but True. he doesn't outright say it. But I mean, Guy is the reason that they are where they currently are. Yeah, he should be thanking Guy. He really should. So the bass player has left. Um, at this point, we got the Wolfman. He's on stage with them. <laughs> I really do like the scene or the moment where somebody, the, the, I guess the director of this uh, performance, like the behind the scenes, they, they he said, all right, let's, uh, let's introduce the, the band members. And they're kind of showing each face and they go, there's a Wolfman. All right, next guy. He's, you know, <laughs> that's the Wolfman. <laughs> so Wolfman, too scary. That's it. I know that they called Lenny Leo as well. Yeah, I guess his his full name is Leonard, so yeah. that makes sense. You know, Lenny is short for for Leonard, mm-hmm. and they put him Leo. That threw me off for for a second. I'm like, wait a minute, did they just call him the wrong name? <laughs> so because yeah. nobody calls him Leo in the movie, which is mm. so I I wonder why they went with that. But I really like this this whole scene because all the family back home are watching them on TV, right? And finally, Guy's dad, who's been a real jerk to him on the whole film is excited about his son and even like imitates Guy after the performance. He's got sunglasses on and playing these fake playing drums. The drums. Yeah, <laughs> that was a pretty and good And it's really scene. nice to see him actually care for a change because he's quite kind of grumpy the whole film. And He kind of is. He, he is grumpy. Yeah, very sexist. You know, but the family is pretty supportive. You know, like when the, the song gets played on the radio, I, I think his dad is, is more so kind of angry at the fact that he kind of left he was speaking to like customers and then he just kind of disses them you know so True, yeah. but I, I think for the most part his dad has been pretty okay um i think he's just more salty about the competition uh because there's at one point a guy was selling his own records you know for 49 cents at the store so um, right. I, I, f- I felt there's got to be some support from the family uh, i do like how when the song was playing in the store um it was on tv w- was it on tv when the mom's like hey shh, you know i want i want to hear it you know or tell them to be right. quiet yeah so the, the mom the mom is definitely there for all of this yeah she was really loving it she wanted to like see all the backstage footage and right it wasn't gonna happen <laughs> no i'm I'm a little sad that they even have a little sister in the movie because she's got like one line and it's actually in reference to you know guy is now on tour you know he calls his dad's like hey so I'm gonna be gone for a while and then the dad gets off the phone and tells the sister oh I guess I'm promoting you to whatever you know and she's mm-hmm. like oh does that mean I'll get paid he's like no <laughs> yeah so I felt like she was only in there just for that one line because here's another interesting thing like when the song got played on the radio right so everybody's at the store everyone's extremely happy you see Lenny he's like standing next to the sister it looks like he wants to like give her a hug but she's really 
um, kind of reserved and standoffish. You know, like no, don't don't don't、mm. touch me. But I was wondering about that because I couldn't quite read her face. Whether it was she wasn't into him and wanted this creepy guy to get away from him, from her, or if she was really into him but too shy to do anything about it. And when he got close, she kind of clammed up. It was really hard to read. I I feel it was. Uh, it was more so that she was kind of creeped out by him, you know, like because probably you know we don't we don't even know if the sister knows Lenny, you know. I I think that's the thing. As far as she knows, is that guy just joined this band to play a few performances, right? Oh yeah, that's true.、Um, at at this point, maybe three three performances, I feel, and and then they get played on the radio. Yeah. Um, there was one performance that that I missed, but I kind of want to bring up because I really,、um, really like the song too, and I feel that it's not that it's underrated, but、um, if if this is a movie that people don't really quite watch very often, they may forget the song. But when it played, I'm like, oh, that's right, this was a thing. But、uh, I think was it "Dance with Me Tonight"? Is that the one? Yes, that's a great song. Yeah, a lot of the other songs. They got some good pep to them. I like "Dance with Me Tonight." I like "Little Wild One." It's a good song. "Little Wild One." Oh, that I think that was a little bit slower, right? That one's a fast one. That's a fast one.、Um, okay. "All My Only Dreams" is the slow one. Okay, I because I I have the track list up here.、Uh, "Little Wild One." I I I know that they did perform that. "Dance with Me Tonight." I'm just like, hey, how come this wasn't a bigger hit or played、mm. more than once? Maybe. All、uh, little wild one wasn't that a song that they actually played for their second performance at that restaurant? It was, yeah. It, it, did they have like that one male fan that's like, come on, play, <laughs> play that other song? <laughs> I like him. He's like, he reminds me of Steve Buscemi a little bit. I don't、oh, know.、Yeah. I don't think he's ever given a name, but he's like that, you know, the the, the weird kid <laughs> in the audience.、Um, so that's fun, you know. Yeah, they have that line. We came here to dance and meet girls, and we can't meet girls if we can't dance. Yeah.、Um, what do you think about the scene where Faye breaks up with Jimmy? Now, that was in the dressing room. Yeah, everybody yeah. was there too, so、yeah. super awkward for everyone. That was would have been so humiliating. I don't. He didn't even care, so I'm sure he、no. wasn't humiliated. Unfortunately, well, he wasn't, but she would have been. Mm-hmm. And especially hard because she wanted to. She dumped him with such a great line. A whole monologue.、Um, she said, "What'd you say?" She says, "Jimmy, from now on, you stay away from me." I have wasted thousands and thousands of kisses on you. Kisses that I thought were special because of your your lips and your smile and all your color in life. I used to think that was the real you when you smiled, but now I know that you don't mean any of it. You just save it for all your songs. Shame on me for kissing you with my eyes closed so tight. And then Jimmy's just like, "Should have dumped you in Pittsburgh." <laughs> right, you know,、wow. I put I put myself in Jimmy's shoe at that moment. I'm like, I need to be writing this down. That's that's good. Yeah. And I'm sure he uses that 
later on towards his uh, gold records. <laughs> um, so at the very end here, we got Jimmy quits because um, apparently he didn't read the fine print. Mr. White tells him, we need a Spanish version of the song. You guys need to cover the back catalog of some other playtone music. Uh, so he quits. We got the bass player. He Does he disappear? Because I don't think he leaves for the for the Marines yet. I think he... He went to Disneyland with them. That's what yeah. happened. <laughs> goes to Disneyland and is kind of never heard from again. And so they should play some last minute with Wolfman. That's right. And then Lenny goes to Vegas to get married. <laughs> Looks like he won some money because he's giving everybody tip. <laughs> <laughs> so that was a good scene. And then I guess all that left is uh, is, is Guy. Um Guy is kind of stuck in the, the studio by himself. I don't want to say stuck because Mr. White says, hey, you, you can stay here, but you got to, you know, get out at a certain time or whatever. Mm. And then um, he gets to play with Del Paxton, you know, who is this, I guess, legendary jazz pianist. And, you know, that brings me to the scene that we kind of skipped over is when mm. um, Guy, he comes out and talks to Lamar, right? The, yeah. the concierge. And he's like... Uh, I love the scene because he's like, mm-hmm. oh, "Where's a, what's a, you know, a very good jazz place?" And and then Lamar gives him like this this question that I feel, you know, like if you answer correctly, I'll I'll send you to that mm-hmm. place. Because if you can't answer it, then I'll just send you to some generic jazz place. So I like that. But he goes there and he just fanboys um, over, yeah, yeah, uh, seeing Dell Paxton. I I really like that too because he tells Dell he's like, "You're you're my biggest fan." <laughs> <laughs> So I thought that was great. And we saw Rita Wilson, right? She plays yes. the, the server there. So that was also kind of nice to see. Um, apparently, Thomas uh, Everett Scott got the role because Rita Wilson thought he was cute. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> so I guess I guess Thomas uh, Everett Scott was always kind of, maybe not always, but you know, he gets that he kind of looks like a young Tom Hanks. And I, I actually, yeah, I watched a, a little interview with Tom Hanks right before our recording here. And he, and he even says that I didn't want to hire him because he kind of looks like me. <laughs> and Rita Wilson's like, well, let me see who you got here. What's wrong with this guy? And he tells her that. She's like, I, I think he's cute, you know, and he's good. Use him. So he ended up casting him. Oh. Yeah, but he kind of does, you know, like the hair, the blue eyes. Uh, he does look like Tom Hanks back in the day, like 80s. Vintage Tom Hanks. Sure, yeah. Yeah. So that was interesting how he got that role. Uh, this point, I feel, you know, it does set up the end. You know, when Dell comes in, you know, jams with him. Um, I thought it was good. I thought it was good. And it was nice to kind of see, you know, Guy be able to do this. I don't know. I thought the scene was fine. It's a sweet ending. And I like that they get drunk together in the bar. Yeah. <laughs> and just kind of make goo goo eyes at each other. <laughs> and I, I do wonder how much of that particular scene was already written or maybe what was added with the Rita Wilson character. You know, the fact that she found Thomas Everett Scott uh, attractive or, you know, thought that he was cute because her character mm. totally hits on him. You know, she she's a, <laughs> she she's a complete cougar. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, a uh, guy is drunk and she's like, well, you know, I, I can't do anything with this now or, you know, I'm paraphrasing, but it was really funny. Yeah. I really liked her vibe. I like her as a waitress. 
She was good. She was good. Um, so now the very very end, we, we got um, Guy and Faye hooking up. Right? They realized that it was them that they were supposed to kind of you know meant to be together. It's very sweet. It wraps up nicely. But we find out some other things about the other characters. Right? We got Jimmy, uh, who quit. So he's in breach of contract, but ends up recording three gold records for Playtone anyway. I thought that was interesting. Yeah. I mean, he is the talent. True. Uh, maybe there's something where Mr. White goes after Jimmy later on, right? Like, okay, you guys are in breach, but maybe we can salvage this. You, you know, you go solo and let's record. The bass player, he, he uh, I think he does fight in the Vietnam War. I think they do mention that. Uh, I don't know yes. how long. I, I feel like they might have mentioned, you know, whether it was a tour or one. I, I forget. But um, Lenny, where is he at? I know he's single because they made a point to point that out that he is now <laughs> he's still single or is now single, mm. and he manages in, at a casino. I think he he manages somewhere in Florida. Okay, somewhere okay. like not at all Los Angeles. <laughs> <laughs> so nowhere nearby. And Guy is now, he's in L.A., right? He yeah. still plays drums and stuff like that, records with Dell or something. So did they mention if Faye and him, they're still together? Did they, they do. get married? They get married in 1965, and they have maybe three or four kids. Like, I think it's I think you're a right. family. Yeah. Hey, well, you know, they're, if, they're, if you're meant to be, you're meant to be. That's right. So, so that's the movie. I want to talk about some of the cameos uh, in here. Did you catch any anybody at all? No one that I recognized. Okay, so Tom Hanks does news um, people, you know, from movies that he's um, been on that he worked with. So Tracy Reiner, who played Betty Spaghetti uh, in A League of Their Own, she plays. Oh, she has a cameo as Anita, the co-star of The Weekend at Party Pier. So, um, which in that scene, the director of that film uh, is actually played by Mark McClure. Um, Listeners of my show may know him from Back to the Future. He plays, you know, Dave, the brother, uh, in all three movies. And so he was a director here. Kevin Pollock, obviously, uh, was the program manager at the uh, Apollo. Clint Howard, Ron Howard's brother. Of course, yeah. How, how could you miss him, right? He plays a, a, a DJ. Brian Cranston, I I didn't even see him in here, but uh, apparently he plays no. the astronaut Gus Grissom. Um, and Gus Grissom, I think, was also in... He was played by Fred Ward in uh, The Right Stuff and I think also reprised a role in Apollo 13, maybe. In a deleted scene, football player commentator Howie Long appears as Mr. White's driver slash partner. So that's what yeah. I was mentioning earlier where, yeah, Mr. White is modeled after the Epstein. Let me see. Brian Epstein. Brian Epstein, Epstein again. Yeah. Epstein, mm-hmm. who is also gay. So, you know, he's got that found the Beatles. So there's some similarities there. One of the other cameos, and I didn't even know this until I, I looked it up this time around, but Chris Isaac, the musician who oh, sang yeah, of course. Wicked Games. Yeah. Uncle Bob. I don't know him by face. Yeah, he plays Uncle Bob. Um, and when they call him that, the first thing I thought of, because I'm a Terminator fan, in Terminator 2, 
Arnold is called Uncle Bob when they go to Mexico. I don't know if oh, you wow. remember that at all. That's a deep uh, memory. Yeah, just a little bit. I, it's one of my favorite movies. So I think that was pretty much all the, the worth mentioning. We already mentioned Rita Wilson. Um, I guess both Hanks, uh, Tom Hanks' kids, Colin and I don't know his daughter's name, Elizabeth maybe. Uh, they also had small roles in here. Um, but do you know what some of the similarities were in terms of the, the Beatles comparison? Well, at least four of them. Right, yep. They wear nice suits. And the, there's a big montage scene in the middle of the film with their songs racing up the charts and they're kind of running around doing band promo stuff, like riding bikes around like a world map and running down a, a horse racing track. Yeah, that was funny. <laughs> and I feel like that's like an homage to some Beatles stuff, but I don't know specifically. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I feel there was, like some of the movies that they did, uh, that's what it did remind me of. Um, we mentioned the scene earlier where Faye uh, kind of, you know, the security stops her, right? That actually happened with John Lennon's wife, uh, Cynthia. Uh, okay. Cynthia Lennon at the time. So that happened to her, except for nobody went back to get her. So oh, no. from from what I read, it did it didn't mention if like she just got separated entirely or did somebody eventually come back or did she get on another car? But that happened with her. Guy Patterson was modeled on uh the experience of Jimmy Nick uh Nickel or uh Jimmy Nickel probably uh replacing Ringo Starr for one tour. Okay. Let's see and both bands lost their original bass player and replaced their original drummer. And I think we kind of know that, right? Ringo Starr replaced like Peter Best or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's and, cool. Yeah, so that, that's all I have. Um, and the Beatles recorded German versions of their singles. Oh, I don't think I knew that. Yeah, so it matches with the Spanish. Yeah, I'm going to have to definitely check that out. I'm sure those are available somewhere I can listen to. Yeah. Um, anything else uh, worth a note, uh, maybe that we skipped over, that you want to kind of go over? I really like the line that Jimmy says at the end to Faye. Because they've agreed that Faye's going to go back to Erie, but he's going to try and one more time to win her over. And he says, before you go, let me ask you one question. When was the last time you were decently kissed? Truly, truly good and kissed. And of course they kiss. And then Faye says, we should have done that a long time ago. And I wonder, like, how long back she's thinking. Yeah, you're right. I, I did think the same thing. Like, well, how long ago? Because we didn't quite get the sense that you were really into him. I mean, we've seen a couple of looks. Yeah. But how far are we talking about here? Like the beginning of the movie? Um, that's a very good line. What stuck out to me was Guy, you know, he doesn't think he's the greatest kisser. He's just like, you know, decently kissed. <laughs> Yeah. Um, there's a line that Tom Hanks says. He rings up Guy and finding out where he is. And he says, I'm just calling, calling you out to get your patootie down to the television studio. You're going to be on TV today. And it's and I, the line really excites me and it sticks in my head for some reason. I just wrote down a lot that Guy is so cool quite a few times. Yeah. You guys look great in red. You guys look great in black. It's very important that you don't stink today. Oh, that's a good one. Then he says, I make no guarantees. <laughs> yeah, that's just because, uh, you know, they're, the first performance that Mr. White does see them at, 
the uh, well, we don't get to see the entire performance, but it starts off really rough. You know, like one of the hi hats fall over, or the cymbals, or whatever that falls over, and somebody's microphone falls over. Just yeah. things aren't going very well, and they're playing out of sync, and um, guy isn't quite in rhythm. You know, so yeah, that was a bad gag. <laughs> I wonder if that's the explanation for the shades. You know, maybe Mr. White's like, hey, wear this so that way you're not looking at the audience so much. Could be. Because well, they like, come afterwards, right? Because they have that bad gig. Yeah. And then Guy thinks, well, we screwed up now. And then like the next morning or something, they meet Mr. White. I think it was the day where they're doing like all the sound check and meeting all those other musicians and, and bands. Mm. I think that's around that time because then right before they go perform, Mr. White's like, Faye, he needs his shades or his glasses. Go get them. Yeah. So we don't really do like a rating system on the show, but I do pull up the IMDb score and the Rotten Tomatoes meter and we'll just kind of see where we lean towards, um, you know, with uh, IMDb has it at 6.9, you know, so that's uh, all the viewers and Rotten Tomatoes has it fresh at 93%. That's pretty high, actually. That's pretty high. I agree. It's a great film. Okay. 93. 93 is pretty good. Um, I would say I agree with it being fresh. I think 93 is a little high. Uh, you know, I already kind of mentioned what I could have used. I don't know if it make the movie, you know, like even better. But just the fact that they didn't, like, their falling out was so vanilla. You know, it was it was a little vanilla. I, I could right. have used a little bit more tension in the band. I mean, I, again, these are all just extremely nice guys. Mm. And, you know, I, I do like each character. Uh, I think they, they are all written very well. Um, like when I was watching the movie, I was wondering why Liv Tyler, we just see little bits of her. But I do like her big scene at the very end where she gets to tell Jimmy off. Uh, so I did like that and I felt that was earned. Maybe... Yes. No, never mind. I was going to say maybe a slap could have helped, but no, I don't think that was right. Because I think at that point, she's exhausted, right? She's exhausted emotionally in her relationship with, with Jimmy. So I feel yes. like it that doesn't warrant a slap. It's not even worth it, you know, to expel that much energy on him. But that line that you brought up, the the, the, the thousand kisses and all that, that's that's a great line. It's pretty good. I guess I, I would rate it highly because it meets everything I want and that I can't handle too much drama. I like <laughs> movies where it's like a little bit of like drama, but nothing too hard to overcome. So it's a reasonably relaxed watch. It's exciting. It's nice visuals. And it leaves me feeling really good because Guy and Faye are so sweet together. Yeah, no, I agree. And the music, the music's great. Yeah, the credits play and there's a great song as well, so... It's a perfect package. One of the things that I really want to, you know, give credit to Tom Hanks for, well, and everybody but in the, in the film for this, but I like the fact that we get to see like a little bit of you know, growth like in their performances with the song. You get to see like in its early stages, like the very first time that guy plays it up tempo in front of that live audience. Jimmy is still trying to play it like a ballad. Yeah. It's like, a little bit it's sloppy. So, a little bit sloppy. It's a little awkwardly like out of place. You're just like, what is going on? Jimmy is trying to slow him down, but Guy is keeping mm-hmm. the tempo because he's the drummer. Yeah. And, you know, as you keep going and going, like the um, 
Uncle Bob scene where they're recording, they add the claps, right, with right. Faye and Uncle Bob is clapping, and that kind of reminds me of、uh, "All Shook Up" by Elvis. You know, there's like some clapping in there too. You listen, you go back and listen to that. You're like, this just sounds kind of weird. Like somebody is actually has a microphone next to their hands and clapping <laughs> along with it. Right.、Uh, yeah. Different times, obviously. So. I do like that. You get to see it in different stages of it and being mastered and and all that. So,、um, being a fan of music, that is something that I definitely caught. Yeah, I really like that as well.、Um, you know, we had an episode of High Expectations recently where I revealed how much of a, of a Radiohead fan I am and how、mm-hmm. I really love hearing all that kind of stuff,、like、early versions of songs and the developments. And so that's again another reason why this film really resonates with me. Is that I see all that. I see the B-side recording. I see the demos. What I、uh, really enjoyed about that episode of yours is actually you pointed something out that I've never really thought about before. And you were saying something like,、um, "How do you know if somebody is a big Radiohead fan? Is like their favorite song isn't like your, isn't like one of their top songs, right? It's like a song that nobody really hears." I'm completely、right. paraphrasing. Yeah, yeah.、Um, Essentially, but yeah. actually, if if you can just Give that spiel what you said. I don't want to screw that up because I, I thought it was great. Okay, it was something like I would ask someone, like, "Do you like Radiohead?" And if they say, "Yeah, I love Creep," I know they're like a real like entry level. <laughs> That's、really、the only care, song I know. Real casual, right? <laughs> and if they say, "Yeah, I love Karma Police" or "Paranoid Android" or anything kind of okay computer and previous, I know that they're a they're a fan, but they're not like hardcore. Yeah. If I follow up with, okay, have you heard this EP or this B side? And if they know it, I can kind of go deeper and talk more. But often I get like a blank look, like, no, I haven't heard that B side. And apart from like talk show host, seems to be the one that a lot of people have heard because of Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. So、uh, for anybody that's a fan of Radiohead, check out that episode. I've never really listened to them, but it was just one of those things.、Mm-hmm. I was just listening to your show. So,、uh, but. Let's just go ahead and end it there. We both、okay. enjoy the movie. You agree with ninety three? I I do too. I just think it's a little high. That's fair. I, yeah. If I wasn't me, I'd probably agree with you. But I、yeah. know what I like. I got you. You know,、um, I'm a huge Back to the Future fan. I feel like a lot of people know that. And I once talked to somebody who had just watched it for the first time, and I was like, "Oh, what rating would you give it?" And well, first off, they're like, "Oh yeah, it's really good," and they. Told me some of the parts they liked, and I go, "If you had to rank it like out of ten, what would you give it?" And they said, "Oh, I don't know, like a seven." I I felt a little. I felt like I got slapped. I was like, "How dare you?" <laughs> yeah, you know. So that's definitely I mean, up at there. At least, at least an eight. You know, for somebody brand new to the movie, like、sure. I felt like seven. Seven is just slightly above average.、Uh, I'm like, it's one of those movies that they teach in school, you know, because it's so tightly written and callbacks and all that good stuff. But、uh, Jasmine, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show and picking this movie because I don't.、Oh, you're welcome. I eventually would have done this. I just don't know when, right? But、um, why don't you tell the listeners where they can find High Expectations and、um, where they can get a hold of you online if you welcome the interaction? Sure. So, High Expectations podcast is on all the usual places. You got your Apple Podcasts and your Podcast Addicts and your Pocket Casts. You can find us on Facebook at High Expectations Podcast and Instagram, and on Twitter at High Ex Podcast. And if you want to talk to me, I am Frouse on Twitter, F R O U S E, 
say hi and enjoy that and yeah find us on soundcloud as well whatever you can see some nice episode at do you have an episode you'd like them to start off with if they've never heard your show before one that i really enjoyed recording i think really shows off a great dynamic between me and my co-host alan is one called high fidelity where we talk about the the movie and the book and we get in depth but we kind of rag on each other a lot and that's a good intro to what we like but if you don't want us to talk about pop culture we did a great one recently about gaslighting which was really revealing and how to break up how to, how to get over a breakup we kind of go all over the place oh yeah that was your yeah. most recent episode yeah. yeah but just look through our titles you know if a title appeals to you give it a listen yeah read the show notes too yeah right yeah uh, high Fidelity, I'll have to check that one out. Um, I think, you know, to the listeners here, if you guys enjoyed this episode with Jasmine, maybe you guys will like High Fidelity as well. Uh, I saw it just the one time when it first came out, and I remember liking it. I feel like that's one that I should probably revisit, too, because a lot of people love that movie. Yeah, it's a fun movie. And it's got John Cusack. Yeah. And Ethan Embry from this movie. Yeah. And, right? you know, so. it's, a great, it's a great movie for talking about breakups and ex-girlfriends. And Liv Tyler in that, too? Liv that, Tyler. That's not her, is it? No. No, I'm thinking of Empire Records. I'm sorry. See, I'm yeah. mixing up movies now. They're a similar movie. Yeah. All right. Uh, for me, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Podstalgic. And you can find my content uh, along with We Got Five over at CortenParts.com. Uh, if you want to join the group page, you can interact with uh, me and all the other hosts from uh, Corten Parts as well uh, on Facebook. That page is called Quarter Parts Podcast. If uh, you guys haven't left a review before, please consider doing so. That would really help out the visibility of the show. If you decide to go check out uh, High Expectations, leave them a review as well. You know, support your independent podcasters. And uh, that's all I got. Justin, thank you for joining me. Thank you. Uh, thanks for asking. Absolutely. Fun. So thank you guys for listening. We will talk to you later. Bye. Come on, pretty baby. Thank you for listening to the Cortem Parts Podcast Network. To listen to more Cortem Parts shows, visit cortemparts.com.